Listener Production. Coming up on the Footy Talk podcast, we discuss all things top 50 players in the AFL. We discuss whether or not the autograph is dead. And Lee Montagna has a big opinion for the Western Bulldogs of where they may finish this year. That's all coming up on the Footy Talk podcast. This is the Footy Talk podcast for your Monday, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of footy as I'm joined today. And firstly, I welcome Lee Montagna. Joey, welcome. Thank you, Daisy. Nice to be here with you. Looking fresh and sharp as always. Sounding like an absolute <laughs> truck at the minute I am, so I apologise <laughs> for that. Well done to the North Ball and Bulls who won the grand final last night and the number one ticket holder may have got caught up in the celebrations. Uh, as I welcome Jay-Z. Jay, welcome. Hello, Daisy. Did you do a nude lap? Because that's a cricket tradition, isn't it? Like when you win a Premiership, you've got to do a new lap of the oval. Was there any of that sort of stuff? There was none of that. We sung the song, which right. I learnt on the day. Right. Well, uh, I won an A-grade flag when I was 18. And you did the willy dance. And then, and then we all got nude. And as a, as a young, sort of impressionable bloke, we, we did a nude lap. So, I thought that was the sort of common thing. So I was never a cricketer, but obviously you two played a bit and you've been... Yep. Do cricketers celebrate better than footballers? Oh, they, 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 just want, you just celebrated with some mates I, and wanted to be your granny. Where's the celebrations cricketers compared to footy players? I think footy question. players go harder for shorter. Yeah. yeah, cricketers go harder for longer. Longer, yeah. yes. Better drinkers. They, they just enjoy it. And obviously in all formats of the game, Yeah, yeah I think so. And right? it's, that's an interesting point, Daisy, because cricketers, you got to dig in at the crease sometimes too, don't you? Like you got to wear off a few short balls. Sometimes a ball will move around. You've got to bat the day out. You've got to try and carry your bat. So I like that, I like that analogy, Daisy. Well done. You had a good time? That, uh, I had a very good time. I Excellent. can't believe that you are just confessing to running nudie laps everywhere uh, in and around <laughs> Melbourne. I thought that was a down thing. Hashtag triple M footy or whatever the um, – is and tell us is that sort of common sense that I just get duped. Hey, did you blues? Hashtag Ever? footy talk pod, mate. Footy yeah. talk pod. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe cut that out. Did you watch any footy days? I, I saw a bit of the footy, um, mainly on Friday night because I was working it. And then <laughs> I worked uh, Saturday, obviously, doing some races. So I didn't see a whole heap, but saw the results and some interesting results around the league this weekend. Uh, some real blowouts, really. Yeah, we'll start with the Friday night because, first of all, I want to talk about the crowd that rocked up How to Barab and sold out. Like, they had to stop people coming in. Jay Z, there was over 8,500 right? there, like the old days of Moorabbin, plenty of supporters. Oh, Jay, I walked out with Joey at the end of it, and mm. boy, is he still a fan favourite. Oh, People, I, every, I couldn't get to my car. No one wanted, Daisy, can you take a photo of me no, and Joey? No, you know what Talk about yeah. a dent to the ego. Can, Daisy, can you take a photo <laughs> of me and Joey? I walked out with Daisy, right, and I was hoping to use him as a bit of a shield so I could get to my car and get home. Daisy actually said to me, Joey, can I walk behind you? Because he was a bit sheepish walking out of Moorabbin yeah. with all the St Gilda supporters. So I had to lead the way, and then I got bowed up having to chat to some people, yeah. and Daisy snuck off to his car. But no, I just And Joey, when we went, we went to Moorabbin the week before. Yeah. The same thing happened, but the thing is, some people get sick of the autographs, and oh, I don't have time for this or whatever. Should say Joey's oh, absolutely. He was signing, sign. signing things that people weren't asking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's a good leading. We'll talk about some signatures oh, and autographs yes. in the next break. Oh, okay. I want to ask about right. something, but just the crowds quickly. Right. I, well, I know we spoke about practice games, yep. necessary evils. Got to play them for the players, get yep. yourself in shape. But what it is for the community crowd, so the crowd out at Casey Fields yesterday for Melbourne, Richmond, Moorabbin, mm-hmm. a few of these you know, down in Launceston, I think it's it's great that the uh, crowds can get out to some of these local grounds mm. before they uh, get into the real stuff. But the highlight from St Kilda wrestling game for me, for the first time I saw Ross Lyons fingerprints on the St Kilda team. What did you Missing say? some big names. Obviously talent a bit um, limited yeah. at the moment with no King and Membry and mm-hmm. a few other players, but 
effort was there. Yep. Their forward line, some um, unheralded names, Mitch Owens and young Caminiti. Yes, All they did was compete, bring yep. the ball to ground, and the small forwards applied pressure. They got to work, and they were just too competitive and too tough for us. It's interesting that we were somewhat surprised by it. We know how good Ross is as a teacher and what he wants. He gets pretty much effectively on a footy field, and that's what he did. You could see that they were really well-structured. They were really disciplined in what they did, and they, were, in the end, were far too good for Essendon, who were really disappointing. And... I know people will be listening and they go, ah, oh, it's a preseason game, Daisy, shut up. But the way you watch the game and you compare St Kilda and what they brought in terms of effort, as you say, Joey, but their hardness in and around the contest, I expected a Brad Scott-led Essendon to be tough. Mm. If nothing else, they were going to be tough and they were going to be hard. And unfortunately on Friday night, for whatever reason, they weren't and it started in and around the midfield, which you can get beaten, but it's the way they got beat, which I think early days is slightly concerning. So that's really interesting, Daisy, because I feel like Essendon's one wood, if they've got a one wood, is the mid, is the midfield yeah. talent and the talent in the midfield. So if they're getting beaten there by probably a blue collar and very honest St Kilda midfield, that's that's a question mark for me. But what Brad Scott's number one job at Essendon this year to do is to teach them how to defend, because over the past decade. Essendon has been a bottom four ranked defence, haven't yep. they, Joey? Yep. The past three is 18th, 18th, 18th. So for them, their whole summer has been about what they do in terms of their pressure and their defence and finally being able to stop a side. I know they kept uh, secured at, what, six, 10 goals, 60 points, only nutted uh, 35 themselves. They play Hawthorne in round one, boys. Ooh. Are you tipping the Bombers or not against the Hawthorne team? No one's got any expectations of. No, I'm, I'm still sticking with the Bombers, and I'll give a quick little caveat why. Both their preseason games, they've been in really caveat. shocking conditions. You've been hanging around really too much. <laughs> Using some big words. Um, they were really windy. Yeah. So the game on the Gold Coast was shocking. It was yeah. blowing one way, and the game at Moorabbin was really windy. And I think it was hard to get a real assessment on Essendon's yeah. game plan and style because of the, the conditions we were there. So I'm just giving a little out for the Bombers. Yes, I agree with Daisy. They need to be tougher. They lost the Test the ball by about minus 30 wow. in a pre-season game. But I want to see their their system under Brad Scott in some better conditions. So I still will tip them against the Hawks because mm. I've got to give a few more weeks to see uh, see their best footy. I completely agree with everything you said. Other games that caught your eyes, the Swans were good. They needed to be better after a poor performance a week before and came out 43 points. They rolled the Blues to the tune of. It's a decent, pretty comprehensive win. Yeah, they did want to bounce back after their first game against Brizzy. Thought they were really good. Uh, Errol Goulden, my gosh. 45 and 3. Yeah, he was unbelievable as a pure (laughs) midfielder. 45. Coming into his third year, think about what Chad Warner just did in his third year this year. Elevate himself to a Brownlow medal contender and a a top 10, top 20 player in the league. Errol Goulden could be heading down the same path. I think he's an absolute little star. Who can you compare him to? For the people out there who haven't watched much of Errol Gould, is there anyone you think you see a similarity or traits or anything like, or in terms of his his um, you know, best asset? Can you paint the picture? Because I reckon Errol Goulden could walk down Chapel Street and not get recognised. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's the beauty, I guess, of him. If you can't think of someone that means he's, he's genuinely mm. unique, he's mm. got some great attributes, his yep. ability to kick the ball in and around left footer, so you want to go to left footers. But I think if you, you go to sort of a right footer, um, who's a player that he's... There's starting to be a bit of Nick, Nick Dacos about him, like Ooh. energy around the footy, like stands out with how quickly they get to the outside, yes. get those handball receives. Nicky. They want to get the ball in their hands, beautiful yep. kick. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard to think, though. I'm trying to go yeah. through the Rolodex now of players. We and, can potentially but, come back. The big question for Sydney, guys, is, is the hunger, right? Teams, we saw the yep. Bulldogs in 2021, got belted in the grand final, and how they respond, they were flat as a biscuit. You back the Sydney Swans organisation. If there's going to be a club that bucks that trend, maybe it is the Swans. It's a real trend, though. 
the last 10 teams to have lose a grand final by 40 points or more haven't won a final. Have the scouts. last 10 teams. It's amazing. So there is something in that. Yeah. We all think Sydney should be winning a final yeah. because they've got enough talent. Yeah. They're telling enough. I agree. Quick note on Carlton. I'm yep. not jumping off yet. I know a few people are now starting to get a bit shaky <laughs> on the Blues. No. Again, I'm not concerned. No Mackay, no Cripps, no mm. McGovern, a few yeah. other players Don't that are really me. important to their side. I, look, yeah, they weren't great, but I think they've got some bigger picture things in mind. The Blues, oh, I'm not concerned about them. Does show regardless of if you're up the top or down the bottom, you still need your best players out there. Yep. And I know that's a simple thing to say, but Cripps, no Cripps, no Mackay. Yep. The avenues and just the way they play completely Walsh, changes. Correct. A bloke who's flying under the radar and as two outstanding wingmen, I'm speaking to the right gentleman here, tell us about Ollie Hollands because Michael Voss said last year if they lack anything, it's on the outside, a bit more run and a bit more pace. You watched him with your draft yeah. stuff, Joey. I like he could him. make a quick impression. Yeah, I, I, I liked him in the draft. Um, he was one that I certainly – because you know what? He's the – Modern footballer, he runs a sub six minute two k a day. Daisy, oh, that's quick. So to put that in context, you're almost top two. He's probably the top two at the club already as an 18 year old in regards to the running. He can just run up and down the wing all day. He could come. So that in. is that is a huge asset in, in the modern footy right now. He's a big chance to play round one on a wing. They mm. need that outside run, particularly without Walsh. Yep. So uh, even Lockie Cow, and he's still a chance for, to be selected as well. Same thing, got a bit of class and run on the outside. So that was uh, the game on Friday night. Anything else catch your eye? I obviously saw the Suns. I've been bitterly disappointed with what I've seen from them. Because you, you're bullish on well, Gold Coast and Stewie Drew. Well, I was, and just more in terms of if not now, when mm. is sort of the the thinking in my mind. If they don't improve again this year, and it's going to be tough because the couple of teams that are ahead of them on the ladder last season have arguably got better and probably more right to improve ahead of them. Again, if they are 10th, 11th, and or 12th, or lower, mm. where are they at as a footy club is the question that I now have concerns for because mm. if you don't improve and make a final at some stage, mm. you've teetered you're around that position. You're just there. Mm. You, you become very irrelevant very quickly and you're just an organisation rather than a, a genuine competitive beast in, in yep. what's a hard industry. Yeah, I think they're a big worry and I think they have been for a long Ooh. time. That said, I haven't got them in my eight, so I'm not expecting them to get in there. But you would feel that that is the situation for Stuart Jew because how are they going to sell memberships, etc. corporate support on the back of another sort of failed year? If Ken Hinckley leaves Port Adelaide, I Ooh. can't see how the Gold Coast Football Club doesn't pick up its own kitchen sink and give it to mm. Camper Down Ken and say, come north. So they'll be cheering for a port flop this year. Is that what we're hearing? Yeah, I would have thought. <laughs> they, want to be, they want them zipping five again. If, that, if they're also going poorly, they yeah, might want yeah. a port flop. Oh, I think Ken is Ken Hinkley is, a, is an underrated coach in the competition, but might be a podcast for another. No, day. I agree with you. The one that stood out for me, I watched uh, West Coast Adelaide. Boy, Adelaide Crows. Mm. I know it's still preseason games. We're going to hold five, but they looked impressive. Just last year, <laughs> they built their game around their contest and pressure. They actually are a tough team. That they're they're always involved in the contest. They lacked a bit of nuance and a bit of system, and I reckon a bit of class with how they played. But mm. from what we've seen so far. Their forward line's now got a lot of class with Rochelle and Rankin and Darcy Fogarty, we know, came of age the back end of last year and McAdam and all those guys. But their midfield were tough and their back line looked pretty well organised. So Adelaide might surprise a few teams early in the year. I thought they were quite good. But West Coast, Jay, talk about teams Stinky. where they're at. They yeah. were poor. And the way they played too, what was it, 120 marks? They're still so, playing the same. I thought they'd change yeah. and catch up with the modern game. Yeah. They were still chipping it around in the yeah. back line and taking all those easy marks, which is yeah. the game's changed from and, that. And Gaff and Kelly, no impact. Impact, big question marks. Yeah. We thought that Tim Kelly was going to rebound. Do you know what I thought the big story from this preseason was, and particularly we saw it at the weekend? The Western Bulldogs are defending again. And I know Sam Darcy's been in the headlines and they score 143 points. The, the North Melbourne is the Western Bulldogs bunny. They smash them every time. That's so good for them. They got taken out of the Good Friday game, which is interesting, <laughs> right? But the, but the Western Bulldogs played a final this year. Tell me if I'm reading this right or wrong, fellas. 
They played a final with a horrific defence. What happens when the Western Bulldogs and their defence clicks? Are they back to being that top four side? Because with Liam Jones, and how many in- intercept marks did he take? Nine. Nine. Brilliant, yep. Right? The more numbers around the footy, they're playing the skinny side a little bit more. If the Western Bulldogs defence... If they can become a top six defence in the competition, the Western Bulldogs come back to being a premiership contender because they have been flying so low under the radar, their defensive side of the game is the thing that's still I don't out think me. they need to be top six. I think they probably only need to be top eight to ten in terms of defence because they're going to have the mantra a little bit of with that forward line. Yep. We'll kick a big enough score. Yes. And yes, that probably doesn't hold you in the highest regard the deeper you go because you have to have a solid defence. But in terms of improvement... Yep. Their improvement's going to come from their ability to score on the back of some better defence. I'm still not overly convinced that they love defending as a complete organisation, <laughs> Joey. But the Western Bulldogs can win the flag. They, yes. they can win the premiership. Is that yeah. This year? I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're probably my biggest wild card. Wow. I've been saying it over the preseason. They could finish first and play in a grand final. And I think there are some, maybe like yourself, that wouldn't be completely shocked if they missed the top eight. Yeah. But for me, they've got the capability to win the flag. Now, I agree with you. Do they want a defence a bit like the Brisbane Lions? If their defence improves, then they, they, they've they got all the other chess pieces. Yeah. And we've seen it now with the Tolls. Their forward line was awesome. Baker. Their defence can now work around Liam Jones and other players can fit into those roles. Um, I'm not making this basis off the back of beating North Melbourne. I, I think going through the preseason, looking at the pieces they've added, yep. You've and seen the them way the they play, yep. if they just defend better, they, there's no reason why they can't be a top four team. So uh, the Western Bulldogs have shown so far, early days, that uh, they're on the right track. There you go. That is a, a big declaration early on. This, is, of course, is the Footy Talk podcast. Grab it on your Apple podcast, Spotify, or listener Give us a like, hit the review button, give us a rating, only if it's positive. Uh, new episodes dropping every day at lunchtime. Coming up, Jay, you want to touch on the top 50 that has been brought out recently and a few names that are too high well, and a couple that may be too low. I've just seen my good friend Jay Montagna's eyebrow just raised, just the corner of his eyebrow. I saw that too. Is that, you saw that as yes. well, so we need to get to that. Right, coming up, it's the Footy Talk Podcast. You're listening to the Footy Talk Podcast, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of AFL. Now, boys, we were talking off the top about mm. Joey leaving St Kilda. Yes. And it left uh, Moorabbin Friday night, and it left us with a bit of a question. Is the autograph dead? Great... The old school, get the pen out, sign a something, a jumper, yes. a... Anything. Anything. Envelope. Yes, whatever's required. Now is it dead? The... Is it replaced by a selfie? Well, the day I knew the autograph was dead was late in my career. So I reckon this is a while ago. I was at a primary school and signing autographs for all the all the primary school kids. And then one of the kids decided, I don't really want Joey Montagna's autograph. He walked up and goes, can I get Gary Ablett's autograph? And I said, yeah, no worries. So I signed Gary Ablett on the autograph <laughs> for the kid. Well, the word filtered through that all the kids wanted their favourite player autograph. So I'm, I'm in line. And the next kid goes, can I get Scotty Pendlebury's autograph? <laughs> yeah, no worries. I'm signing Scott Pendlebury. Yeah, you can also do that. Yeah, so <laughs> do all that. So, um, But the question about the selfie, I think you're right. The selfie now replaces the autograph. Who wants a bit of pen and paper and an autograph to keep in their scrapbook? The old autograph book. It's like collecting coins. It doesn't happen anymore, doesn't happen does anymore. it? So, um, and well done to all the modern AFL players who do a great job with that with the kids. You don't get a selfie. It doesn't really happen, does it? It does. How are the bananas going, by the way? In a, fruit, in a fruit shop. Yeah, good. Um, they're, they're good. Yeah. yeah. We should do a list maybe, the top 10 
bananas in the AFL, the top 10 big bananas in the AFL, right, main okay. bananas. That's, uh, that can be next Monday's edition of yep. Footy Talk. Hey, we are talking about the AFL's top 50 that's come out, a colleague of yours, yes. the boss down there, the big dog at Herald Sun, Mark Robinson, of course, did his top 50, and there are some interesting inclusions, exclusions, and also numbers at where they rate. Well, the number one, Mark Robinson's number one, I thought was interesting, the big banana, the juicy <laughs> banana at number one. Jay-Z, who did Mark Robinson have as number one he- player in the competition this season? The Carl superstar Charlie Kerno. It is a bit of a surprise selection uh, for some, but I tell you what, I watched the match simulation early February and he absolutely took the pee, Charlie Kerno. He flew, led the running and then just absolutely had his way. Yes, he was playing on his own teammates, but I don't <laughs> mind this call because he was the Coleman medalist, but he can. he's probably the most versatile forward Tell me this versatile forward in the competition because he can pick the ball up off the deck, he can mark in the air and kick goals, he can burn blokes on the turn. Like, I don't mind it as a left field call. I would probably take Clayton Oliver, but I think Charlie Kerno is ready to have a special season now that he's got confidence in his body. He came into last year, he got beaten by Josh Battle in a um, preseason game, and you could see he just hadn't been, after all the injuries, he hadn't had that belief yet. He comes into 2023 knowing he's a superstar. Is this the top 50 as of now, or is Robbo doing a prediction of where it will be? It's by the end of the it's season. By saying this season, okay. who will be the number right. one player in the game. Where would you have Kerno? Uh, he'd be... He'd be the back end of the top 10. I would have thought if you're going to go down that path, Jeremy Cameron probably deserves to be ahead of uh, Charlie Kernow for the season that he had and what he's producing. But I think, I think right now, from um, all reports from the preseason, Marcus bonson will be the number one player in the game again. He last year was banged up. You, you speak to any of the dogs, he was carrying like a shoulder, an ankle, a hip injury, mm. battled his way through. He's fully uh, fit and fresh this year. The bond for me is the number one man. But I just want to touch on Maxi Gorn. He had it 27. Yep. That leads me to the game, the Melbourne, oh, the yes. Richmond game. Uh, what do we want to go with, Daisy? I want to ask you, because they're talking about the Brody Grundy, Max Gorn combination. We're yes. getting the Tap Brothers, as some are calling them. Gorndy. Yes. You know, is the, the funny little combo. You got a nickname or something you want to call these two? Maximilian. Uh, so Max is the Tat Ruckman and Brody's on a million. So Maximilian works for me. That. That's not too it. bad. Yeah, I just Max came up with that. That's pretty good for yeah, me. Yeah, uh, like but um, what did you make of that game, Mel? Right. Because everyone's talking about could the two work together and play in the forward line. Yeah, of course it was going to work. They kicked six goals though. between them. I can't believe people were questioning whether it was going to work. Brody Grundy and Max have both been beat up. You talk about uh, Bont and Pally beaten be- hmm. being beat up. Max Gorn has carried the load, played injured, and done it and done it like a trooper. Just got on with it, not yep. at his absolute best. Brody Grundy hasn't had a good run of it for four years. We saw when he had a run at it how good he could be. He was a seven-year, $7 million sort of type operator. It's going to be a tough watch for Collingwood this year, watching oh. Brody Grundy potentially get back to his best. And I think we see Simon Goodwin and the Melbourne coaching staff have gone to work. They've yep. nutted out a plan. For me, Melbourne have been the absolute standout side over summer. Their training has been absolutely brutal. We saw Petrarca and Oliver Pickett as well. Hunty adds to the, a very smart sort of forward half. I I'm, I think Melbourne win the flag this year. I'm calling it. I'm seeing a lot of great signs. Yes, they uh, straight sets last year. They're going to change the way they play, Joey. They look like they're playing more direct. They're kicking to the top of the square now. They're going to the top of the square. And guess what you need when you kick to the top of the square? You need a big banana to yes, compete. Yes. And if not Mark, the bring biggest it to banana. Now, that's not Tom McDonald. Ben Brown doesn't really play that way. So guess what? They've got one of the two bananas that can be at the top of the square when yep. they're not rucking. Yep. If they don't mark it, they bring it to ground, and they're going to kick more goals, Melbourne. Oh, they, they absolutely, I agree with you. They, they look like one of the teams to beat. I'll tell you who else has been a good inclusion there. Yep. Lockie Hunter. Yes. Yep. Very, very good for their system. Never. You think of how good yep. Langdon's been on one wing and they've probably lacked it on the other side at times. 
he's going to have a real impact at that footy club. In, in terms of his ball use, and the, the knock on Melbourne has been hitting those targets inside forward 50, he is the absolute class and polish. And footy IQ, he's a clever player, Lockie Hunter. It couldn't be a better a better addition. And what was it, future third or, or future fourth round pick? What an absolute steal that is. I'm buying as much Melbourne stock as I can possibly get in uh, the preseason. The beauty is that he can't kick it more than 30, so he won't be hitting it long to the pocket. He goes short yep. because he can only kick it 30. Who else in that top 50, Jay, did you want to touch on? Because there were, as we said, some interesting numbers. Yep. And, of course, it is subjective, which yep. is yeah, great fun, and we get fun. to discuss it. But and that's what it's and there do for, we start, apart. Do we start taking uh, Gorn and Grundy just as a duo? Yeah, I know. Well, so just rate right. them as a one. Yeah. It's the one person. Yeah. Sam Taylor's probably the other one for me. Ranked 49. at 49. He's yep. all Australian centre-half back. He's almost the best intercept defender in the competition because he's a bit no frills and because he plays for the Correct. Giants, he's got forgotten about. But, I mean, if we talk about the most important positions, almost intercept intercept yep. player in defence, he's get, almost – well, he is the number one. Him and Stephen May are probably the two best Doesn't get beaten one-on-one either. Comp- no. He's yeah. very, very if he played for If he played, as they yeah. say, Jay, if he played for Collingwood, mm. Sam Taylor, he'd probably be – the top what a great club anyway. Tim Taranto, 48. I feel like that is low. I feel like this season he is on an absolute rocket ship at Richmond. Been watching him. Has he got more clout, though, because he's gone to Richmond and we've spoken about him a lot? Oh, All of a sudden he's become a better player because he's gone to yeah. club. And he has been good. But, again, what's like up at GWS, speaking of bananas, he was probably third. You know the big watch at Richmond is how often Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto <laughs> pass the ball to each other. Oh, he's watching brothers. them over something. They wax it like yeah. Mr Miyagi. That's <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. So it's going to bloat some of those possession numbers. Uh, the other one, just last top 50 mention, um, Harry Mackay, 43, is interesting. Harry and and yeah. Sam Walsh at 40. Probably a big gap between Charlie Kernow and Harry Mackay. If Kernow's number one, yeah. Harry Mackay's 43. You what's could wrong? easily argue Harry Mackay's just as important, if what's not Harry, more. What's Harry He's wrong. flying too, Harry Mackay. Flops too much, Robbo says. He's a flop. He goes is, he a flop? is he a flop? I'll tell you what he does mm. do, and watch this throughout the year. If you see the whistle go in Harry's area, regardless if he's got the free kick or giving it away, he puts his hand up and starts walking. <laughs> he expects the, he dead set, the whistle goes, he just puts his hand up and goes, <laughs> watch for that. Sam Walsh, 42. Sam I'd like Walsh, to see again, him. though, is unbelievable last year, missed with injury. So, yep. Um, Nearly won the Brownlow. A bit of a watch. Last one, I'll just uh, touch on a couple of tribunal. We spoke about yeah. preseason oh. games, a necessary evil. You've yep. got to play them. There's been some injury, just a couple of the yep. fallouts in regards to maybe some injury. I and reckon, the tribunal, particularly Jordan DeGoe. I reckon he gets off. Probably a fine. I'm you with you. Joey. Oh, it was close. It's borderline. Yeah, yep. oh, I think you've like got he, to... he shouldn't get suspended, though. Surely not. No, I, I'm with you. I think he will be let off. He yeah, just did the you last... You think or you're confident? I haven't got one wrong in a while, Daisy. Yeah, no, no, 100% is what Joey's told me. You don't get it wrong. Jay's so very good with the pe- tribunal decisions. People will be hanging on this, especially Collingwood supporters. Does he get off? Is it a fine? What will it be? I've sat in a lot of boring tribunal hearings, Daisy, so it's, it's helped me somehow. But I think I'll be shocked if he gets suspended. I think Collingwood fans can rest easy. He'll be playing in Geelong on Friday night. I, I don't think he sort of dumps him into the turf enough. So he gets off. I think the other one... For all the GWS supporters listening to this show, they are all desperate to oh. know about uh, Big Bruce. Yes. They've all been... Texting in. Oh, is he? <laughs> they have been. He Big brought, Big has, has Big Brucey got a problem broadly? Like how many times? Yeah. In terms you, of an anger issue. Do you get suspended before you get called into the coach's office? Dumb. Well, 
Yeah, well, <laughs> Mumford was allowed to play at GWS for a long time, so <laughs> yes. they obviously don't have an issue yeah. with it. But that's what you want, your big men playing hard and tough. Yeah. I'd rather him be that side than a big man that doesn't really go near it. Mm. I think Adam Kingsley needs to I'd have a chat I'd rather him in the team every week. Trent Cochin with the elbow. He's been involved in a few of he these sort of narky, wasn't he, incidents. Yeah, I think it's probably yeah. more misconduct okay. than a um, than a, uh, a suspension. So yeah, he'll be out there. And any big sort of injury? Well, who are the big sort of injury news? Preston is probably the one, but word early, this yep. early Monday morning that he should be okay for word, round one. Word is that he had a house party Saturday night and it was pretty good. So yeah, okay. I'm not sure about that. that's got anything to do with the pack, but is the party right? was good. Well, he's an important player, isn't he? So he'll be um, touch and go. Was there, you know, the thing about round one, yes. right, is it over, who makes, is it overinflated? Do we overinflate the yeah. importance of round one? It's sold like, out, by the one. way, Jay-Z. Carlton Richmond it already. sold out. It's happened the last The hour. appetite for football has never been better. So yes, it may be, but... <laughs> I can't wait. Did you get your 200 club tickets for that game? Have you locked them in? You're not going to believe this, Joey. I did. Yes. <laughs> and then I gave them away last night at the cricket club to an English importer with Bowen 145. <laughs> and I had a couple. Yeah, did. You're regretting that this morning? I might just text him and say, hey, mate, wrong tickets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is going to be yeah, awesome. Yeah. As we say, the appetite for footy has never been better. We speak yeah. of Gather Round, of course, yep. which is doing some great things uh, in and around the first round. Anzac Day already sold out. It's The AFL brilliant. think the first six weeks of this season can break all records mm. in, in attendance records. Because the way they've structured up the yep. fixture, first yep. three weeks there's huge games. Then yep. you've got Easter weekend, yep. Anzac weekend, and gather round. Yep. First five or six weeks going to be off its head. Three, three forward quickly. Who are you tipping in that in the season opener? Richmond Carlton. Carlton. Where we go? Carlton. Carlton. Yeah. Carlton comfortably too. Five goals for me. Um, There we go. Very, very good, gentlemen. Thank you very much for coming in on your Monday. You are listening to the Footy Talk podcast. If you are listening on your Apple podcast, Spotify, or listener, please hit like. Leave us a review. Arranging new episodes every day at lunchtime. It has been the Footy Talk podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow with Joey and Rui with a little bit of real talk, shit talk, breaking down everything in the AFL. Listener.